You're listening to the Housing Innovation Alliance podcast in partnership with the University of Denver's Franklin L. Burns School of Real Estate and Construction Management. The Housing Innovation Alliance is a nationwide community of game changers, driving the future of home delivery through crowd-accelerated innovation. We represent thought leaders from dirt to dweller with a focus on the production builder's business environment. On this podcast, we have George Casey, the chairman of the Housing Innovation Alliance with Frank Fafai, the founder and CEO of Proto Homes. Proto Homes brings an advanced global supply chain to a platform that enables you to produce and manage home building. Listen in to hear them talk about some key topics such as digital tools, the production process, and where they see Proto Homes going in the next five to 10 years. In in a manufacturing business, you have to have planned everything up front. You know, the stuff has to be designed, engineered. And when you start bringing stuff back to being something that is more manufacturing based, it means you have to do all the planning up front. That planning takes a lot of the stop and go out of the construction because you're not waiting to figure out how does this go to that? Does it fit? Does it not? What other ways do you uh, use digital technology at Proto? Well, uh, the most important aspect of how we build is BIM models. It is uh, your AutoCAD with a database attached to it. So you can embed ton of information in the background that you can retrieve in many different ways. So the foundation of our whole existence is a very healthy and well-disciplined BIM model. We know exactly what to put in there. We know exactly what not to put in the model. Basically, you you can put every single nail, every single wire nut. You can decide what to put in there, basically. You really don't want to put everything in there so the model becomes cumbersome and huge and unapproachable. But at the same time, you don't want to dilute the quantity of it. But basically, our technology is the BIM model, which has most pertinent information in it, and a database and an app that keeps collecting information away from it. So our instructions become actually live pictures from the model. So if I change something in the BIM model, the instructions that they receive on their phone at the job site, that changes as well. One of the issues that you brought up that is hard in the building industry, that pre-planning is because of the culture. The culture of building industry is project-based. An engineer or an architect or a builder doesn't even think, doesn't get engaged till there's a project in mind, right? But they have to take the product approach, you know? So once you think of yourself, as an architect or engineer or builder, that you're a product builder, you're always thinking of its production process. We think we're helping customers with customization and we're actually ruining the value of what we deliver because we're not able to execute on that kind of customization. Mass customization is, you know, for instance, Starbucks has that, right? Starbucks has the best form of mass customization. You go in, it's not just a cappuccino, but it is all weird different types of cappuccino that you can order. Yeah. But yet it's set up to do that because the variables that you can 
create variations are set up. We've done the same thing. Our components can take many different forms of variation. So it's a different approach to economy of scale. You don't have to produce the exact same house, but you, cre you create the same house, but yet allow for modification and variation. And the BIM model does that fantastic. It's just you build those families in a way that certain parameters can adjust as you automatically change other parameters. I think mass customization was another part of our technology that we had to really work on it to figure out what parameters could be variables and what parameters could be fixed. Yeah. yeah. So um, if I were to think about um, Proto, where do, where do you see Proto five or 10 years from now? A Proto is really a platform. We see, we would like to see Proto, or at least that's our ambition. It becomes an operating system or a platform where everyone produces homes. And it's not about a specific architectural look. It's not about a specific product, but it's a supply chain which within it you can create any product but the product of course in our cases is a home and so the way it would work out a builder uh, either a huge builder or a small builder would be able to design a house on an app or on the browser basically everything is html based in our system so once that house is designed then the system would give them the permit set or the stuff that they need to pull the permits short of the local requirements. So for instance, if there are requirements for architectural review boards or if there's requirements for entitlement, we won't produce, but we will produce all the stuff that goes into the house. We will have these fulfillment centers across the nation that the builders would get their stuff from that fulfillment center and things would arrive just in time. So the app allows them to control what they're gonna receive when. They can say, send me factor one, which is just about the house layout. And then that package is arrived. And this way now they can, you know, they can break down the workflow into smaller portions so they can, you know, give it to not so skilled laborers, they can dilute the skill set, but basically it becomes a supply chain. That gets, you know, that gets sourced from these fulfillment centers. Now, the fulfillment centers sometimes they can manufacture a lot of the components, but we also have producers that produce the components and fit into the uh, supply chain. And the supply chains basically delivers at the fulfillment center, and the builder picks it up from there. So, to us, Proto Homes is just a platform. It can take it can take uh, any form of architecture to produce and supply. And then the app allows people to access and manage the stuff they're getting. Now it eliminates the need for fancy architectural drawings. It eliminates the need for fancy work, working drawings because at the site, they, they don't use the blueprints, they use the app. So it provides the instruction, provides the materials and goods and components. And at the end, also it has a post occupancy component, which is fairly important, especially for the built to rent market. So if there is an issue with the house, the owner of the house on the app just puts the SOS button and someone from the proto replies to it. They would either hook them up with the local, you know, sort of maintenance contractors or 
they'll troubleshoot it because all the information about the house is on the app and we have access to. So it becomes a platform that you build and also the platform would follow the life cycle of the building all the way to the end. So at the end, when you sell the house, whoever buys the house through the app would know when the house was built, how it was built, and what the previous owners did to it. You've talked about this in the context of these sections or whatever you call it that would come out just in time to build, and you're doing it in the concept or in the context of building on site. Could that same system supply basically subcomponent manufacturing things, modules, for example, or cartridges? Yes, indeed it is. Actually, we never thought about that, to be honest, but I might steal that idea from you. I think uh, that's a very clever idea. Basically, you create a, a subunit or pre-assembly unit, which makes the assembly much easier. Yeah. However, the only difference between, we always thought about the assembly process, something that should be done without a crane, uh, at most with a gray doll or what they call a reach forklift. Yeah. But uh, for bigger project that having a crane is not that difficult, of course, that's the smarter way of doing it. So you create a larger module, uh, but then the end process becomes really minimal. One of my theories is that this kind of productivity is going to happen first in the single family for rent market because there is a very high uh, consistency of product with very low variability. And therefore, you can you know scale this stuff up and know it can go over a couple hundred or a couple thousand homes as you're doing and get it perfected that way. And once you've got it perfected, the question will be, well, if I could build that same house for rent, can I take that same simple house? What would somebody pay for me? Knowing that there's not a lot of customization they can do at that stage, but it's very efficient. The other reason that I think, as you put it, uh, built to rent market is a better or it's, it's readier for innovation. The other reason is that the economics is a little bit different. You know, they are pressed for scale much more than built to sell builder because built to rent wants to scale as fast as possible. They don't have to wait for the units to be sold in order to build some more. Right. So the, the, there's a, you know, they have to respond to the capital much better than the builders. The builders don't have to do it. They can have the money in the bank or whatever. They can say, well, I'm not going to build anymore because my exporter is going to be great till I sell so many, right? So they have to keep the inventory to minimum. But these guys, they work the opposite. They have to maximize the inventory. Frank, thanks very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. As always, it was very inspiring. On behalf of the Housing Innovation Alliance and the University of Denver, this is Dr. Eric Holt. Thank you for being part of our journey. This is where innovation calls home.